This is PW Torch, VIP editor Wade Keller with the Wade Keller Hotline covering the Monday, February 26th, 2024 edition of WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, let's get to a rundown of what happened. They were in San Jose, California at SAP Center, packed house over close to 12,000 people in the arena based on WrestleTix's uh, reporting on ticket distribution. And it looked good um, on television, uh, filled to the last row, some good camera angles of this show. They opened with an aerial view, however, of the stadium in Philadelphia hosting WrestleMania in 40 days. Then they cut to an exterior shot of SAP Center in San Jose, the site of the show. And then they showed Elimination Chamber winners Drew McIntyre and Becky Lynch arriving separately earlier in the day. Then a five-minute video package aired with highlights from the, from the Elimination Chamber event. You knew that was coming. Um, you weren't going to get away with watching Raw without seeing an extended highlight package catching people up who did not see it and uh, highlighting what they wanted highlighted. Then Dominic Mysterio was standing mid-ring and introduced Rhea Ripley. Michael Cole talked about her surviving against Nia Jax. Cole said she is a nominee for the 2024 South Australia's Woman of the Year. She spoke about beating Nia Jax. She said it doesn't matter how big you are because she's always on top. Of course, she's got to get that line in. She made a pun about, not a pun, but a play on words about uh, even though she was down under, she always ends up on top. Becky's music then played and she came up. Becky congratulated Ripley on her win. What a night you had on Saturday, she said. What a night we both had, hey? When Becky mentioned she won the chamber, it was a mild response with scattered booze. When Becky brought up Ripley's title win, it was the same mixed and maybe a mild response there too. Becky brought up Ripley's family seeing her win and said they wanted to fly to WrestleMania now to see her lose. Dom said nobody should talk to Ripley like that, and Becky told him to shut up. Uh, Becky said Ripley has been the face of the company and was being fed grapes by this loser, in reference to Dom. She said she's a Grand Slam champion while writing a best-selling book. She said she can do it all. She said she'll be beating Ripley next. Ripley asked if she was done and then told Becky not to ever disrespect Dom again. She referred to him as my Latino heat. She said it's about time she stopped disappointing her and won something to get closer to her level. She said she says she's the backbone of the division. She said behind every great man is a great woman. She said she's not behind her because mommy is always on top. Then she tossed the mic down. Her music played as Becky and Ripley yelled at each other, and Cole said it's four years since they last met, and Becky has never defeated Ripley. Ripley left the ring. Becky kept yelling down at her. Nia Jax then attacked Becky, including a leg drop. When she set up an annihilator, Adam Pierce and other officials came out to stop her. Pierce threatened her with a heavy fine, and Jax backed away. All right, so uh, Becky seems to still be lacking something here. Um, it doesn't help that Ripley's a popular heel with fans. Jax being involved maybe can help get fans behind Becky again. I mean, it's easy to boo Jax. That's her job. She does it well. Uh, Ripley was good here. Becky was good too. Her character just doesn't seem to have the same mission she once did that built her popularity. But this segment was solid overall. You know, you got to follow up on what happened at Chamber. You got to follow up on uh, starting to build a WrestleMania match. But they also got to keep them busy in the meantime. And so the Jax attack on Becky sets up a match next week, which we'll get to. They went to Cole and Pat McAfee at ringside. Cole plugged Cody Rose against Grayson Waller and said it would take place later. Sami Zayn made his ring entrance. After a break, Cole read a tweet from The Rock saying that he'll be on SmackDowns on March 8th in Dallas and March 15th in Memphis. He wrote, you can feel the uptick, excitement, energy, and disruption happening now in pro wrestling. It's super cool to see. Cole wondered if Rock would accept Cody's challenge for a match. Cole said Rock will be part of three straight SmackDowns starting this Friday. Jackie Redman interviewed Nia Jax backstage. She asked why she attacked Becky. Jack said Becky won the chamber, but she shouldn't be going to WrestleMania. She said she beat Becky clean, and she'll be sure she doesn't make it to WrestleMania. She asked about her match later with Liv Morgan. Jack said, whatever happened to Becky, expect it ten times for Liv. 
Colin McAfee commented on a clip of Nakamura beating Sammy two weeks ago on Raw after a distraction by Drew. Then uh, Cole said tonight is about retribution, but also building a resume to get to WrestleMania. So Sammy took on Shinsuke in the opener. The bell rang 25 minutes into the hour. They showed Sammy's ranking of 87 and Nakamura's rating of of uh, 84 on WWE's 2K24 video game. Cole said the ranking system is always controversial, but he didn't explain what they're based on. They fought to ringside a minute in, where Sammy leaped off the ringside barricade and moonsault pressed Nakamura. As Sammy clutched his abdomen area after co- after the con- after the uh, collision, they cut to a break. Back from the break, they used a cool angle of the camera approaching the ring from the aisle with a full-to-the-last-row arena in the background. They battled back and forth for a few minutes after the break. Sammy landed a tornado DDT out of the corner. Nakamura rolled to the floor but returned to the ring and kneed a charging Sammy. He then face-planted him on the ring apron, and they cut to another break at the seven-minute mark. Back from the break, they were exchanging strikes mid-ring. Nakamura dropped Sammy with a spin wheel kick to the head. Sammy collapsed. Nakamura set up a Kinshasa. Sammy countered into a blue thunderbomb for a near fall at the 11-minute mark. Nakamura landed two knees to the back of Sammy's head and scored a near fall. A frustrated Nakamura watched Sammy roll to the floor to recover a bit. Nakamura went after him, including another flying knee to his head. Then he rolled into the ring to beat the ref's count. Cole said it was becoming a sickening assault. The ref began counting out Sammy. Sammy barely beat the 10 count. Nakamura immediately kicked him and scored another near fall. So Nakamura set up a Kinshasa, but Sammy sidestepped him and landed a Huluva kick. He got fired up, played to the crowd, landed another Huluva kick as soon as Nakamura stood, and that led to the three count. So Sammy the winner in 15 minutes. One might say a hell of a match, or a Huluva match. Nakamura has become a useful second-tier heel who can give baby faces tough fights, like Cody, like Sammy, but also ultimately credible wins over him. And, you know, they're not going to push him at a world title level, um, in, but they're getting good use out of him. I think they built him up enough where it matters that Sammy beat him, and it wasn't a foregone conclusion, but now it feels like it because Sammy got the clean win. They went to Colin McAfee, who talked about Sammy's losing streak being turned around. McAfee said he's over the hump. A video package aired on the rivalry with Imperium and New Day. Then they showed New Day arriving earlier in the afternoon. After the break, Cole listed wrestlers being added to WWE 2K24, including Diamond Dallas Page, Post Malone, Jade Cargill, The Dudleys, Nia Jax, Pat McAfee, and more. Then they went to CM Punk, who announced he's also been added. McAfee said he's honored, and he hopes he doesn't slip on the top rope in the video game. Then Chelsea Green stood mid-ring and said after filing a formal complaint with WWE management, she'll be competing in protest. She said last week she should have, or she would have won the last chance battle royal and would have gone on to win the chamber if Pierce hadn't added that secret, stupid last entrant, Raquel Rodriguez. She called it a fraudulent decision. She said the people wanted to see her because she's a star. She took a dig at the San Jose Sharks, which drew the loudest booze of the night. She said tonight, after the fans quiet down, she'll prove she's a loser by kicking her ass. Rodriguez's music then played. So Raquel Rodriguez took on Chelsea Green. The bell rang 51 minutes into the hour. Green Green drew a line in the sand, so to speak, with her boot and dared Raquel to cross the line, and Raquel did. So Green, and this is pretty funny, she drew a a new line, said, well, don't cross this one, and Raquel stepped past it again. So Green slapped her, and then she dropped her with a lariat, and then uh, Raquel dropped her with a lariat, and then followed with an overhead slam, and uh, and then she finished Green with a Tahana bomb. So uh, this went under two minutes, and uh, it was what you would uh, imagine. <laughs> Raquel dominating Chelsea, but Chelsea being uh, mouthy at the beginning, getting some heat, and making you enjoy seeing her get beat up quickly. And I'm fine with Chelsea in this role. Um, I don't think they needed to build her up 
like as a dominant force so her her losses meant more i just don't think that's the type of wrestler she is um and i think she's useful and will be around for a while just being an agitator doesn't mean she can't eventually especially if they ever turn her baby face although it's kind of hard to imagine that but then miss is a baby face um maybe she you know over time moves up the card and is protected a little but right now this is a, a good role for her Backstage, Redman asked Sammy what that win meant. Sammy said it meant everything. He said if he hadn't won, he can't even say what it would have done to him. He said he still believes he can be a contender for any title. He said his win tonight reaffirmed that belief that he can be a champion and he'll find his path to WrestleMania. In walked Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Kaiser eyed him and sneered as he walked past him. Vinci shook his head and smiled. Gunther then laughed in his face silently and walked away. So a little teaser of maybe Sammy Gunther. After a break, Cole plugged the video game again, and then a video package aired on Elimination Chamber in Perth, including headlines from big corporate media entities covering the event. Hour 2 opened with Redman interviewing Cody backstage. She asked about his strategy challenging The Rock. She said a lot of people are questioning it because of his match at WrestleMania. Is it a distraction? Cody defended the decision and said he'll await his response this Friday on SmackDown. She asked about his match later against Grayson Waller. Cody said Waller has tons of skills. He said Waller should be like him because he gave him big moments on the Grayson Waller effect twice, and now he gets to main event Raw against him. Imperium made their way to the ring. Cole talked about how he sent out his first tweet in two years when he posted a photo of McAfee kissing up to Gunther while explaining why he embarrassed Gunther by dancing on the table to Jay Uso's music. McAfee said he can't help but dance when he hears that music, but the eye contact Gunther gave him, quote, made me want to poop my pants. So we got three weeks in a row of poop references from McAfee. Will it be four? Gunther stood between Vinci and Kaiser. Gunther talked about people making requests for who will challenge him. And he mentioned Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, The Miz, and even R-Truth. Judgment Day's music played, and they marched to the ring. Cole said, this just got interesting. And yes, this was unexpected. Priest stepped up to Gunther and said, big, bad Gunther, we don't sweat you. He said Gunther's hot run is second only to theirs. He said they ran the table at the Elimination Chamber, and they planned to do the same thing at WrestleMania. He said they plan to add more gold. And he said that includes Gunther's gold. Gunther asked who it's going to be challenging him. He asked if it's Finn Balor or the one with the big head right there, a reference to J.D. McDonough. Dom stepped forward, chomping his gum. Gunther seemed amused. Fans loudly booed. Gunther shoved Dom. Priest had to be held back by McDonough and Balor as a result of that. And so, um, yeah, we got a, a teaser of a Gunther-Priest match, I guess. Or maybe a Priest cash-in on Gunther. Maybe this is how they get the belt off of Gunther and shift him into a world title picture is without having him lose to someone or just give up the title is having kind of a, a fluky money-in-the-bank situation. Um, I don't know. Anyway, lots of moving parts here. Uh, they showed New Day marching backstage to the entrance uh, area for their match. And then after a break, Rhea Ripley walked up to Dom and said, of all people, Gunther? Dom said, I got it. She said, he better. Balor told him to go go sue that over. And uh, he started to walk away, and he bumped into Andrade. Long time no see. He said he'd see him around. Andrade said he's meeting with Pierce to determine his first opponent. All right, then uh, um, they went to uh, Vinci and Kaiser against New Day, Kofi and Xavier, in a street fight. The New Day made the ring entrance. Kaiser and Vinci met them in the aisle, and the bell rang 18 minutes into the hour. New Day were wearing the jerseys of the local pro hockey team, the San Jose Sharks. At the two-minute mark, New Day leaped from the ring and knocked Vinci and Kaiser down, and they cut to a break. Imperium took over after the break. Kaiser jabbed Xavier in the gut with a chair. Kaiser and Vinci had lower 2K24 ratings than New Day. The announcers talked about that, and they said Kaiser dismissed them as rubbish. Cole said it's a point of controversy online and in the locker room. Kofi kicked Vinci and then leaped out the top rope and hit both Vinci and Kaiser with a crossbody. 
He followed with an SOS on Vinci, and then he slammed Kaiser onto him. Kofi leg-dropped Vinci. He set up a table at ringside, which fans cheered. Kofi tried to suplex Kaiser onto a table, but Vinci and Kaiser suplexed him back into the ring. Kaiser and Vinci bashed Xavier with kendo sticks at ringside. Vinci bashed Xavier with a kendo stick in the ring. Kaiser followed with a chair shot, and they cut to a break at the 11-minute mark. Back from the break, New Day were in control and bashed Kaiser with kendo stick shots. Kofi put Vinci on the table, and then Xavier leaped off the top rope and splashed him through a table. The crowd popped. A minute later, Vinci shoved Kofi off the top rope through a table below. The crowd chanted, this is awesome. Kaiser threw Xavier headfirst into a chair wedged in the corner and then rolled him up and yanked on his jeans to get a leverage three count. So Vinci and Kaiser, the winners in 18 minutes, and this was a good match. It's what you'd expect from these four if they turned it up and had a brawl. The crowd was into it. It was good to see Vinci and Kaiser being rebuilt with some solid wins over a legendary team like New Day after being marginalized last year, where just about every match you were expecting them to lose. This is WWE rebuilding them, and, you know, New Day will be fine. But I think Vinci and Kaiser um, need definitely needed the win more here than uh, than New Day. New Day will have their day again. It's just not right now. Uh, vignette Aaron and Grayson Waller talking about himself. History is nothing but a set of lies everyone agrees to, he said. He said the entire locker room knows he's a future and don't believe them if they disagree. He said they paint him as a villain and he autographs the artwork. Backstage, Pierce was on his phone and told Bronson Reed that it's on the forefront of everybody's mind that I will definitely take it into consideration. And he congratulated him. Not sure exactly what that was about. Chad Gable walked in and said he knows Gunther is looking for his opponent at WrestleMania. He said he's coming to him as a competitor and a father. He said he came close last time to beating Gunther, but what haunts him is that he brought his daughter to tears. He said to anyone else, a match against Gunther is just about the title, but to him, it means more. Pierce shook his hand and said he's given him a lot to think about. So I'm getting nervous here that Gunther's going to be part of some gimmick match, a three or four way, even a gauntlet match at WrestleMania or something. Hopefully just a tournament to get down to one challenger, because they've got Chad Gable, Braun Breaker, uh, Bronson Reed, um, uh, who am I forgetting, who they just... Uh, Oh, oh, uh, Damian Priest, Dominic stepping up, Sami Zayn's in a storyline. I mean, there's so many possibilities right now. I'm, I'm curious the road they take and where they land. I'm hoping ultimately for a one-on-one match. Cole commented on a photo he took of McAfee chatting with Gunther backstage that he posted on Twitter X. I found this uh, uh, unnecessary and and boring. This all this talk about McAfee and Gunther and Cole tweeting. I just felt like it didn't need to be in the show. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark made their entrance, and after a break, a soundbite aired with Baszler and Stark from earlier saying it makes them sick that Candice and Indy got a title shot in Australia, and they didn't. She said, she said it's just because Indy is from there. Baszler told the Kabuki Warriors to watch closely what they do tonight. Then, Baszler and Stark took on Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. The bell rang 47 minutes into the second hour. Stark and Baszler beat up LeRae at first. A minute later, after a blind tag by Baszler, she finished Hartwell quickly with a cure food clutch. So Baszler and Stark the winner in about two minutes. They showed Drew walking backstage with a big smile, and then after the break, more highlights aired from Illumination Chamber. And then backstage, Miz, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa joined our truth Truth said Judgment Day were gone for the night. He said he was reminiscing about the good old days, looking at his Judgment Day t-shirt. Champ asked Truth if he's ready. Truth, though, said they were ready to do Regeneration X. Miz said it's Degeneration X. Truth then picked up a tube TV and carried it away. Cole said that monitor is probably better than the ones they have at ringside. I, I don't know what to make of this segment. This this wasn't funny. It was a waste of flight expenses <laughs> to have them at this show if that's all they did. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't funny. It wasn't clever. It didn't make any sense. The joke was our truth carries around a big old uh, tube TV. And then we have Cole taking some 
dig at their monitors. I It's just pointless bad segment. Uh, Drew McIntyre made his entrance. Colin McAfee talked about McIntyre's chamber win. This Drew McIntyre feels different, McAfee said. Drew said, we did it. Some fans cheered. Drew said, you don't achieve success alone. So he thanked everyone for praying harder than they ever prayed in their lives. He said, because of them, he'll be facing Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. He said he feels like hell and is jet-lagged. He said he got hurt in the match with a burst eardrum. He said he had a bit of an accident after the show. He said the doctor told him there's a chance he might not make WrestleMania. And then he said he looked at the doctor and said, who do you think I am? CM Punk? Nothing's going to stop me from making Mania. That was a great line and great delivery from Drew again. (laughs) Who do you think I am, CM Punk? I'm not going to be not medically cleared. So when we move to hour number three, Drew sat cross-legged mid-ring like Punk. Fans gasped. He said he knows it hurt Punk not to make WrestleMania, and it probably kills him that he's facing Seth at WrestleMania. He said he thought about him after his win. He said he knows Punk is straight edge, so he's drank twice as much for both of them to celebrate. And then he laughed. He asked Seth to come to the ring, and Seth did. Seth let the fans sing a song, and then he addressed the crowd and welcomed them to Monday Night Rollins. Drew asked Seth why he's making things so hard for himself getting involved with Cody and The Rock. He said he wants him 100%. He said he would pee on SmackDown if it was on fire. So don't bother with them. He doesn't want his win over him to be tainted. So for God's sake, back off. Seth removed his sunglasses and fans sang a song as Seth milked the moment. Seth said he respects everything he just said, but some risks are worth taking. Seth said Drew has known him for a long time and he knows what he's all about. He said he knows he's thought about it all, all the possible negative outcomes. He said that's why he's the architect and the visionary. He said he might be right. He said his knee might not be ready and his back might give out and the bloodline might leave him broken in their wake. So it might be an easy night for him. He said he might be right, but what if he's wrong? He said some risks are worth taking. He said he's been selfish at times in his life and he felt the goal at the end of the road would fill the void. But every time when he got to that point, he felt empty inside. He said it was only when he had his daughter that he realized not everything is about him. He said there are some things in his life that are bigger than all of them. He said taking down the bloodline is bigger than us. He asked Drew what happens if they don't take down the bloodline before WrestleMania. He said the bloodline want power, and it's only a matter of time before they come up. They come for the World Heavyweight Championship. You might be right, but what if you're wrong, he said again. He said if they can rip the bloodline apart once and for all, and then secure the future of the industry. Because if we can do all of that, then at WrestleMania, Drew, it's just you, me, and the World Heavyweight title. And he added, may the best man win. Some risks are worth taking. And then he dropped the mic and left to his music. And I like that. Uh, both of them made sense from their perspective. That's a key to Drew's character, but Seth made sense too. And this builds more curiosity how Seth plans to try to take out the bloodline before WrestleMania. Um, you know, what does that mean? In what form does it take? Is it just, you know, helping Cody do it? Um, is it stepping up for a tag match? I mean, we're not supposed to think too hard about it. Just the idea that he is talking about it is upsetting Drew because Drew doesn't want his win to be tainted, which gave Cole a chance to analyze Drew's comments afterwards. He pointed out the bloodline helped Drew beat beat, uh, Cody last week, yet he's expressing concern about a tainted victory over Seth. McAfee said Drew acts like he's a savior or a hero, but none of them understand, quote, what the man in the kilt thinks. Cole then commented on a brawl last week among the women in the chamber match, including Nia Jax attacking all of them. Nia Jax made her entrance, and then Nia Jax took on Liv Morgan. Jax dominated early, Liv avoided a light drop and dove onto Jax. Cole said Liv has a chance, and they cut to an early break. After the break, Liv avoided a charging Jax in the corner, so Jax hit the ring post. When Liv dove at Jax at ringside, Jax caught her and drove her into the ring post. Becky then attacked Jax. The ref called for the bell. Jax fled as Becky's music played, and they showed Liv breathing heavily at ringside, watching all this go down. So this was either a no contest or a Jax win by DQ in eight minutes. The announcers didn't clarify. 
Jax was, or Becky wasn't really interfering on behalf of Liv because Liv wasn't in trouble at that moment in a way where it was like saving a finish. So it feels more like it should be an no contest or that, than a, uh, a DQ win for, for Jax, but whatever. Redman interviewed Waller and Austin Theory backstage. He asked if it backfired having Cody on a show. Waller said it was great for his show, but he disrespected him in his hometown and he attacked his boy Theory. He claimed he did everything he could to defend Theory. Theory shot him a look like, uh, no, you didn't. Waller said he'll beat Cody and then The Rock and Roman Reigns will pick his bones. He said Cody will never finish his story. Then they showed Cody pacing backstage. And then they went to Colin McAfee at ringside. Cole sent out condolences to the family of Ole Anderson, who died earlier in the day at age 82. McAfee talked about him briefly. They talked about him being in the Four Horsemen. All right, uh, then after a break, Becky got in Pierce's face and defended her actions. She said she can't move on until she gets Jax in the ring. Pierce said next week works for him. Liv barged in and said she was in the middle of something out there. Not everything has to be about you. Um, this was, uh, this was good. I like Liv just confronting ba- Becky. I like, ba- you know, one, one baby face being upset with another, um, and expressing it. Um, so yeah, um, I it just, you know, they're, they're not everybody's just on the same team if they're a face and not everybody's on the same team if they're, they're heel. Although that isn't always the case with heels, but. Um, and I just like that they followed up on it. You know, Liv should be upset. She should be, uh, you know, making the case, hey, let me win or lose on my own, but don't interrupt my match. Cole hyped that Jey Uso would be the guest of Jackie Redman on her podcast. Redman then interviewed Jay backstage. Uh, she asked him how he plans to get into the championship picture. He talked about being really close to becoming Intercontinental Champion. He said he falls short of his goals, sometimes when it comes to his big matches and his family. Drew walked up to him and said he knows he's going through a tough time now. He said he can relate to what he's going through. He said from the bottom of his heart, you deserve this. Jay punched him, and they fought and were quickly pulled apart. Grayson Waller made his ring entrance next, and then Cole and McAfee hyped Drew versus Jay and Becky versus Jax next week on Raw. Cole said he's excited Raw's in San Antonio next week because he doesn't have to get on an airplane. Cody took on Grayson Waller in the final match on the show. Cody made his ring entrance. Uh, Cole talked about Cody and Seth having enough of the bloodline. The bell rang 43 minutes into the hour. They cut to a break at the two-minute mark as Cole said there are rumors all over the internet that Paul Heyman is in the arena. After the break, Cole said they confirmed Heyman is in the arena. Uh, Cody and Grayson battled back and forth. Cody blocked Grayson's finisher and hit a Cody cutter. Then he played to the crowd and finished Waller with a crossroads. So, Cody the winner in eight minutes. Then Heyman walked out with three security guys. He introduced himself. He said he's the only member of the bloodline in the arena. He said security guys that the security guys surrounding him were actually my friends from the NYPD. Some fans booed. He said they're off duty, but then corrected himself and said, well, they're actually suspended. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> Just a weird sidebar. Um, he said it must have been humiliating to quote, get Will Smithed across his face. He said he has to take The Rock's name out of his freaking mouth. So Heyman is just responding to Cody's challenge in, at, uh, at the chamber. He said he can't just ask for a match with The Rock and get it. He said he can forgive Cody, but The Rock won't. He said he understands he's a main event of WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. He begged Cody, pretty pleased with cherry on top, withdraw your challenge to The Rock or else. Cody sat on a chair mid-ring and said, or else what, Mr. Heyman? He said he hasn't trashed Dwayne in the media because they were fans of his at one time. How could you not be, he asked. He said he came from a family where every meal came as a result of tickets sold. And nobody sold more tickets than The Rock. He said he's done being nice, though. Come get me, he said. Heyman said he had a better idea. 
Heyman began to enter the ring, joined by the three security guys. May I? asked Cody. Uh, or asked Heyman, and Cody said, no, you may not. The security guys surrounded Cody. Cody said if one more person takes a step toward him, he's dropping all of them. Heyman said that threat doesn't apply if he's that person, right? And uh, Cody said, wrong. Uh, security guys then went after Cody. He beat them up with a chair and a crossroads. Heyman then told his phone, call Roman Reigns. Then he pulled out another phone and told it to call The Rock. Cody told him to call them because the bloodline isn't hunting me. I'm hunting the bloodline. Cody uh, Cole said Cody is at a different level because of the bloodline and because they pushed and pushed and pushed. Cody went back to beating up the security guys and then threw two of them out of the ring and his music played and the show as Cole plugged SmackDown with The Rock. So, um, you know, saw that episode of Raw. I wasn't sure what to expect. They advertised very little ahead of time. Um, obviously, they were they're traveling, so I don't know if they were seeing who was in shape, uh, wasn't too jet-lagged to, to be on Raw or, or why it was uh, so much later than usual that we got to find out the, the announced matches. But So I just, yeah, I just wasn't sure what to expect in terms of star power, but they delivered. Um, you know, Cody in a match and a backstage promo, Drew and Seth in a significant segment of the ring, the intriguing developments with, with Gunther as it relates to, to Sammy and, and, um, uh, especially the bloodline. Then, um, you also had, uh, uh Becky and, and Rhea Ripley going at it when that Jack's still in the mix and on and on and on. Um, you know, and then it's just a good match with, uh, Benji Kaiser against New Day, especially from, from a match quality standpoint. I mean, Cody Grayson Waller was fine. Uh, but Sammy Nakamura was second best match of the night and New Day Imperium, the best match. And it was just enough, I think, for the three hour rot to feel like they delivered in the ring and it wasn't just about video packages, angles and promos. So, uh, you know, so- solid episode of Raw with maybe Drew, uh, once again, being the standout star and some, uh, some questions being asked and not a lot answered. But I think, uh, people who watch WWE will be intrigued with those questions. All right. That does it for me for today. Thanks everybody for your continued support. And until next time, Wade Keller signing off. <laughs>